The moon brings the woman to the man. Capisci? The moon is a little like love. Will you marry me? I will marry you. I will be your wife. You love him, Loretta? No. Good. When you love him, they drive you crazy. Sometimes. Will you marry a Johnny? He's a fool. It makes you act a little crazy. Moonstruck is the same as uh, our word lunatic. Did you know that? From the Latin luna for, for the moon. To be moonstruck or lunatic is to be driven crazy by the glory of the moon. And we're not sure if it's good crazy or bad crazy or maybe both. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, looking at you, gazing at you, preparing to preach about you, I usually feel like I'm going crazy because you are big, you are glorious. Uh, Lord, you are more than I can comprehend. But Father, I pray this morning we would gaze at Jesus and that you would maybe even drive us crazy, but not just bad crazy, drive us, drive us good crazy uh, for your purposes and for your glory, Father, in, in Jesus' name. Amen. This is our third uh, sermon from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And so far, every sermon has been um, on one sentence. Did you know that? Ephesians chapter one, verses three through 14. It's the longest sentence in, in the Bible. And so all the sermons so far have really been one sermon. Um, that's why I wish we could just preach them all at once, but we can't because you get frustrated with me. But, um, but I've been trying to think, how do I pull all these sermons together? And as I, I looked at that last week and, and uh, the weeks before, I kept thinking about uh, a, a book. Outside of the Bible, I think it may be the most Christian book I've ever read. In fact, Nate Bullis just, he wrote that song that he and Julia's mom were singing right before the sermon based on this book. It's titled, The Pirate Who Tried to Capture the Moon. And so children, I'm going to read it to you now. There once was a fierce pirate who loved nothing. He lived alone on an island where he strode about in armor waving a broad sword and he watched for ships to capture. Through his glass, he spied the ship of flowers with its daffodil flag and its sails of Queen Anne's lace. Day after day, he followed that ship in his dark schooner and kept it in the shadow of his black sails. He smiled as the petals curled, the stems bent, and finally, one white rose dropped into the sea. The fierce pirate chained that ship to his island, and he laughed. But then he looked at the sky and saw the moon sailing as it pleased. He lifted his sword, jiggled his armor, and said, Someday, moon, I'll capture you too. 
From his lookout, he saw the ship of horses tossing red stallions galloped upon its decks. Black colts leaped above the waves. The pirate gave an angry kick. He chased that ship in his steady galleon, and from his cannons, he shot bits into the mouths of the horses. Uh, the horses reared. From his guns, he shot saddles, and the horses rolled until one white mare dove into the sea. The fierce pirate chained that ship to his island, and he laughed. But then he saw the moon tossing through the clouds, a ship that no one could catch, and he laughed. He laughed until the sea was empty and there was nothing sailing anywhere except the moon sailing in the sky. The pirate knew it was time to capture the moon. He climbed up his mast and waved his sword above his head, shouting, Moon, follow me! Moonlit shone on his armor, moonlight, but, but the moon drifted free. So the pirate shot at the moon. The dark barrels of his cannons swiveled high. Boom, 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 but the cannonballs fell straight back down and slid into the sea with hardly a, spa, a splash. And, and, and still the, the moon sailed across the sky. The pirate stormed down to the ship of birds and he tied a raven to his head, hawks to his arms, herons to his legs, a crow to his chest. Through the moonlight, slowly he rose, waving his sword, but the birds grew tired, their wings failed. They fell through a cloud and the pirate dropped into the sea like a piece of clay while the moon sailed across the sky. <laughs> the pirate paced back and forth in his rusty armor. Back and forth, to and fro, he walked in circles day and night until he passed an old ship of books he had captured long ago. He searched its broken decks and shredded sails until he found a book that told all about the moon. And then the pirate laughed. He took that book and six horses and sailed for land. He harnessed the mares to his ship and he ripped across the earth. He ripped over fields and streams, leaving a scar. Slowly, the pirate who loved nothing moved over the land in his, in his ship, looking for everything that the moon loved. The moon loves to shine through curtains, said the book. It loves to float in pools of water. It likes to peek over small hills. The moon loves poetry. So the pirate slashed curtains from farmhouses and drapes from mansions. He, he cut curtains from stages and he loaded them all onto a ship. Into barrels he scooped frog ponds and reflecting pools and swimming holes. He chopped his small hills with his sword and shoveled them into his hold. He captured poets and everything else he knew that the moon loved. He swiped candles from the table of Italian restaurants. He grabbed sadly playing violins from under the chins of gypsies. He kidnapped lovers as they gazed at each other softly, walking hand in hand. It's the moon that brings the woman to the man. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. When the world seems sad is dancing in the moonlight. We love our fun, we never fight. You can't dance and stay uptight. It's the supernatural delight. Everybody was dancing in the moonlight. 
dancing in the moonlight, everybody. You get the idea. He captured, he captured lovers and children dancing in the moonlight. Next page. And the pirate sailed that bursting ship back to his island and he waited. Clouds moved across the sky. The wind blew the empty sea. And finally, the moon rose. Now, I'd just like to pause for a moment and ask um, a, a few questions, okay? Number one, is the moon good? Is the, is the moon good? What, what, is, what is the moon? It, it, it's not cheese, Alan. It's rock. It's, it's, it's the rock. It's the rock that orbits the earth reflecting the light of the sun. And the moon is glorious. Now, the sun is, is glorious too, but the sun's a star. In fact, it's so glorious that if you look it in the face, you'll go blind. But we can look at the moon. In fact, we see the glory of the sun shining in the face of the moon. So the moon reflects the sunlight on the dark side of, of Mother Earth. The light shines in the darkness and it's glorious. The moon is good. Number two, did the pirate love the moon? No, he coveted the moon. He, he wanted to own the moon and he couldn't, so he hated the moon for the moon revealed that he was not the moon. He hated the moon and he loved nothing. So even if he captured good things, he couldn't enjoy the, the good things, just like we preached a few weeks ago, remember? The drink would not satisfy. Food turned to ash in our mouths, and all the pleasurable company in the world could not slake our lust. We are cursed men, Miss Turner. Compelled by greed, we were, but now we are consumed by it. Look! The moonlight shows us for what we really are. We are not among the living, and so we cannot die. But neither are we dead. For too long I've been parched of thirst and unable to quench it. Too long I've been starving to death and haven't died. I feel nothing. Not the wind on my face, nor the spray of the sea. Nor the warmth of a woman's flesh. You best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. <laughs> what are you looking at? Back to work. The moon shows us for what we are. <laughs> Cursed men. They tried to capture the good, if you know the story. Tried to capture the good and thus could no longer enjoy the good, for they were not good. Number three, did the pirate understand the moon? Well, he knew about the moon, right? He knew that the moon sailed free and he wanted to be free. He knew what the moon liked because he had a book and the book had a list. Italian restaurants, lovers, 
children that dance in the night. The book told him all about the moon. It was the knowledge of the good, but the pirate didn't know the good, hadn't met the good. He knew about the moon, but he didn't know the moon. And so he tried to capture the moon. Like we, like we say, he thought, he thought he hung the moon. You know that expression? Thinks he hangs the moon. It, it means that that person thinks they're, they're like God or want it to be God. So the pirate saw the good, coveted the good, but did not know the good. So, so number four, did the pirate choose the good in freedom? Well, if, if he chose the good, it, it certainly was not a good choice. Pilate said to the crowd, whom shall I crucify? Barabbas or Jesus? And they chose Jesus, chanting, chanting crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. They chose the good, but it was not a good choice. And they were not good. The, the, the moon is good, but the pirate is not good. The pirate is not free. The pirate thinks he's free, but he's addicted. He's driven. He's a lunatic, trapped in an illusion. He's trying to capture the moon, the moon. And that reminds me of someone else. Genesis chapter three, verse six. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, and, and scripture says God alone is, is wise. Well, Eve looked and saw the good hanging on the tree, and she chose to take the good, and then she knew that her choice was not good, and she was not free. And she is our mother, <laughs> and ever since then, we all try to capture the moon. It's our will, it's our nature, it's our desire to capture the moon. The moon. Hey, did you know that scripture refers to Jesus as the moon? Psalm 89, 36, the seed of David shall endure forever and his throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever like the moon, even like the faithful witness in the sky. So the seed of David is like the moon, the faithful witness that reflects the light of the sun in the, in the dark night sky. Revelation 1.5, Jesus is called the faithful witness. And we already know that the faithful witness is the moon. Revelation 21.5, we learned that in the New Jerusalem, God will be our sun and Jesus will be our moon. So Jesus is the moon and, and we are all pirates. Think about it. You know, if you actually believe, and I think pretty much all of you actually believe this, if you actually believe that you own anything, you're a pirate. Especially if you call yourself a Christian. God owns everything. God made everything. You know, we've been having this ridiculous debate in society about who are the takers and who are the makers. Biblically speaking, that's an utterly ridiculous debate because we're all takers. And if we think that we're makers, we're the very worst kind of takers. 
You didn't make the oil in the ground. You didn't make the workers you employ. You didn't make the crops in your fields. You didn't make the oxygen that you breathe. You didn't even make the will with which you make choices. And if you chose the good, if in fact you chose the good, you sure didn't make the good. And you didn't choose the chooser that chose the good. You didn't make you. And if you think you did, you're the worst kind of lunatic. Maybe we're all lunatics. Last time I said something that should be thoroughly offensive if, if you think about it, I said, I think that thing that most of us call free will, the Bible calls sin. Because what do we mean by free will? I, I think most folks seem to mean that we are each solely responsible for our own choices, right? So each of us is an unchosen chooser. An uncaused cause, an uncreated creator. That is, we think that each one of us hangs the moon. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just think about it. Who am I to choose the good? Choose the good. Doesn't that mean judge the good? And what is the good? Jesus said, God alone is good. Now, now you may say, yeah, uh, hey, I, I think I, I kind of am a, a bit offended because I didn't judge God. I didn't capture God. I didn't hang God on a tree. <laughs> I'm good. I'm free. People are not robots. They're not robots. Have you ever wondered that? God, are we just robots? I mean, when Paul writes, you are predestined, I hope you ask that question. Are we robots? Are we just robots? Well, the, the Bible never uses the word robot because they didn't know what they were. However, it does refer to people as dead in their trespasses and sins, as if we are the walking dead, cursed men, men who love nothing and hate the moon, for the moon shows us for what we are. It's, it's an R-rated world, a pirate world. It's a fallen world. But in Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, the longest sentence in the Bible, Paul writes this, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Two sermons ago, we asked that question, if we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, how come we don't feel more blessed? We said maybe we're like cursed pirates who chose to steal the good and now surrounded by the good, we can't taste the good. We drink the wine, but, but we can't taste the wine because we have bad hearts, bad tasters, bad wills, bad choosers, and yet he blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Next verse, even as he chose us, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. The last time we realized that if he chose us before the foundation of the world, that means he chose us before we made any choices, which means his decision to bless us is deeper than our decision to curse him. In fact, our decision to curse him is actually dependent upon his prior decision to bless us and create us. Wow. 
Well, you know, God does not will evil, for evil is that which God does not will. And yet it seems that he wills that we would will what he does not will, or at least know what he does not will. That is that, um, well, he subjected creation to futility, writes Paul in Romans 8. And he consigned all people to disobedience, writes Paul in Romans 11, disobedience. And yet Paul just wrote that he chose us to be holy and blameless before him in love. He chose us and predestined us in love to love. Robots don't love. Love is the good choice made in freedom. That means that God chose us to choose the good in freedom and that means we love because he first loved us and that means a good free will is a gift of grace and that means that if you ever did freely choose the good, you would not be responsible for the choice and thus you'd never boast of that choice as if it was to the praise of your own glory and, and, and thus the choice would never feel like a duty or some kind of heavy burden. In fact, you might not even know you made it. Hey, do you remember um, what Jesus says to the sheep on his right on Judgment Day? Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. You fed me. You clothed me. You visited me. And they don't even remember doing it. Remember? We'll remember that. It was like they were walking in good works prepared beforehand. It was like they were choosing choices chosen from the foundation of the world. It was like they were dancing. Their right hand didn't know what their left hand was doing. Like they lost themselves and found themselves dancing, dancing to another logos, another reason, another will, the will that undergirds all creation, the good free will that, that we call love. They didn't remember their choices. And so they sure didn't take credit for their choices. Well then, can you think of an instance where you made a good, free choice and did not take for choice? That was a gift, not a duty. You know, if you have made yourself too good, not to the good, or you being good, to capture something better than the good, like, well, this rich young ruler had, in his words, obeyed all the commandments in order to get eternal life, and yet he didn't know what eternal life was. He didn't know what the, the good was for it, or he was standing right in front of him, right? In other words, he had read the book that told him about the good, and now he was trying to capture the good, but he didn't know the good, so he did not love the good. In fact, he was trying to use the good to the praise of his own glory, which is not good. But the very definition of evil. So Jesus looks at him with compassion, and this is what he says, sell your things, abandon all of your, quote, successes, and come, follow me. You asked what the good is. You said you wanted eternal life. Follow me, follow me, follow me. Jesus is the life, eternal. Jesus is the good, the presence of the good, who is God. But the rich young ruler went away sad 
He was a pirate trying to capture the moon with good deeds and responsible choices, and the moon would not be caught, only followed. Why does God make pirates that try to capture the moon? Pirates that love nothing and try to capture the moon. Why does he, why does he make them? Why did God, in other words, um, make you? Why do you exist? Why did God put that tree in the middle of the garden? Why did God let an evil talking snake into that garden? Why did God subject the creation to futility? Why did he consign all people to disobedience? That is, why is there evil in the world? You know, even if you argue, oh, well, we chose the evil, well, God chose us, created us, knowing that we'd choose the evil, knowing that we'd hang Jesus Christ on a tree. Why is there evil in the world? Why do bad things happen? Why does anything happen? Why does everything happen? You know, the politically correct pastoral answer that I learned in seminary is this. Well, it's the mysterious, unknown will of God. And yet Paul answers all of those questions in this one sentence. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will. Making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of his will, the purpose, according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be, exist, live to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory, period. It's all to the praise of his glory. So, what's his glory? Exodus 24, we learn that it's like a consuming fire. Exodus 33, Moses said, God, show me your glory. And God says, I will make all my goodness before you and proclaim my name, the Lord, I am, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. So God's glory is like his goodness, and his goodness is like a word proclaimed, an eternal choice, and yet a, a free choice, a free will, a decision to be gracious, a decision to be Merciful. God then hides Moses in the cleft of the rock, remember, as he passes by. For he says, no man may see my face and live. Yet listen to this, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. Paul writes that God gives us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God shining in the face of Christ. 
you know, we die with him and rise with him. God's glory is saving people in Christ Jesus, saving people. In fact, the name Jesus means God is salvation. God is salvation. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God, Hebrews 1.3. Jesus is the word of God. Jesus is the free will of God. Jesus is the choice of God, the goodness of God, the revelation of the glory of God. All things work to the praise of his glory and we are predestined to live to the praise of his glory. And yet, pirates who love nothing live to the praise of their own glory. Well, let's, let's finish the story. And the pirate sailed that bursting ship. Uh, the pirate, you know, who loved nothing and captured everything that the moon loved, he sailed that bursting ship back to his, his island and he waited Clouds moved across the sky. The wind blew the empty sea and finally the moon rose. But when it looked down, it saw that everything it loved was gone. So it moved down to look a little closer and seeing the moon lower yelled out, Moon, I have captured every ship and everything you love and now I will capture you. Then he threw open the hatch and the moon saw everything it loved streaming out of the pirate ship and onto the pirate's island. Kitchen curtains and long candles and violins playing sad music and moody poets and lonely wolves and dancers who dance in the middle of the night. It gave a little sigh. The moon gave a little sigh and came closer to the island and the pirate watched. Still, the moon drew closer and the pirate saw it grow. I didn't know the moon was quite so big, he thought. And still the moon came down. The moon came down closer, still closer, and the pirate started to feel afraid. He he tore through the book that told all about the moon, but he couldn't find a place that told how big the moon was. And the moon came down, growing larger, larger, larger than the pirate ship, larger than his island, larger than anything the pirate had ever seen. The pirate trembled and he thought, if I return everything I've captured, that will surely stop the moon. So he cut the saddles and the bits from the wild horses and the chain from the flowers and they drifted out to sea and a shadow passed across the giant moon. It was the birds streaming away and still the moon came down. So the pirate freed the madly playing violins and the howling wolves, the poets chanting and the pools bursting from their barrels and he sent them sailing home. Moonlight spread over the waves. It covered his empty island. The pirate lifted his trembling sword as the whole sky became the moon. And then the moon stopped and waited. The pirate stared into its light and a wild shiver ran through him like a wave. He forgot about being afraid. He forgot about being fierce. He lowered his sword, he dropped his armor, and he whispered, Moon, wonderful moon, it is you who have captured me. And the moon glowed through him. The moon glowed through him and above him. 
Then slowly it started back into the sky, growing smaller, growing distant, until once again it sailed as it pleased. It drifted over the sea and over the island where now there was someone new the moon loved who loved the moon. For at that moment, in the middle of the night, the pirate began to dance. Now, I got just a few more questions. In, in the end, number one, was the pirate good? Yeah, the moon glowed through him. Number two, was the pirate free? But maybe yes, I mean maybe, maybe, yeah, no, well if it was his choice, he certainly didn't boast in his choice. In fact, it was actually his bad choice to try and capture the moon, but the moon's good choice to come down and capture him. So when he did love, he didn't boast in his love because he had fallen in love. I asked you a moment ago if you could think of an instance in which you freely chose the good and didn't take credit for the choice. Well, have you ever fallen in love? If you have, I bet you did not say this. <laughs> wow, I'm really something for falling in love. <laughs> I deserve a reward for falling in love. It was tough, it was tough, but, but I read a book and, and realized it was the right thing to do. What a responsible fellow I am. <laughs> what a good guy. I am, because doggone it, I decided, I decided to fall in love. Well, if you actually said that, wouldn't it be abundantly clear? You have not fallen in love. In fact, you're using love to the praise of your own glory. So, so, so maybe a good free will is a will that's been Smitten. Isn't that interesting the way we say that? A will that's been smitten, I've been smitten. A will that's been smitten by love, captured by love. A will that's fallen in love with love and God is love and God, well, God is good. So, so who am I to choose the good? I am the beloved. But I only choose because I've been chosen for a good free will as a will that's fallen in love. So you mean, see, maybe, maybe God creates pirates that love nothing and then arranges all things. I mean, like, works all things according to the counsel of his will. All things, like snakes, trees, crosses, even sin and death, arranges all things so the, uh, that those pirates would try to capture the moon and in this way, the moon would capture them. Booby trap, ambush. Maybe God arranges all things so that we would fall in love with love and God is love. Maybe creation is the set for billions and billions and billions of love stories. So creation is like a factory for creating billions and billions and billions of good free wills. Pirates who once tried to capture the moon but now love the moon forever dancing to the praise of his glory. Moonstruck lunatics but not bad crazy. 
good crazy. Crazy with love and God is love. Maybe, maybe God is making man, male and female, in his own image and likeness. Maybe he still is. Maybe it's the sixth day on the edge of the seventh day. <laughs> well, now you may be getting a little bit frustrated with me. I mean, maybe some of you are thinking, uh, Peter, <laughs> that's a children's book. <laughs> the moon does not love people. The moon does not come down. No one ever tries to capture the moon. <laughs> well, is, that, is that accurate? Remember, the moon is the faithful witness. And the faithful witness is Jesus, Revelation 1, 5, Revelation 6, 12 to 13. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, and the full moon became like blood. The sixth seal, out of seven seals, like the sixth day out of, out of seven days. Well, the gospel records that at the sixth hour, on the sixth day, a Friday, there was a great earthquake, and the sun turned black as sackcloth, and Jesus, Jesus, the faithful witness, was drenched in his own blood. At 3 p.m., he died. A Roman centurion dropped to his knees at that and began to worship. A pirate who loved nothing that now loved the moon. Fifty days later, Peter stood up on Pentecost and said, these men are not drunk as you suppose. However, they were, I think, intoxicated. They were definitely moonstruck. These men are not drunk as you would suppose. This is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and I will show signs in the heaven. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. And Peter talks as if those people that are listening to him witness these things that he just mentioned, as if they would have known about them as if they would have seen them. Well, we know that as Jesus hung on the tree, the sun turned to darkness. But what about the blood red moon? You know, in ancient times, an eclipse moon was called a blood moon, for light refracted through the Earth's atmosphere turns the moon red when it's in e eclipse. This is a picture of the moon in eclipse. In a lunar eclipse, the, the moon descends into the shadow cast by Mother Earth as she blocks out the light of the sun. Just like Jesus descended into the shadow cast by us and by our sin. You know, many modern scholars date uh, Jesus' death on the tree to the Friday before Passover, April 3rd, 33 AD. Now they do that for a variety of reasons, biblical, historical reasons, but, but primarily that, that date because of modern astronomical calculations that reveal that sometime around 3 p.m., and remember Jesus died at 3 p.m., but around 3 p.m. on April 3rd, 33 AD, the moon went into full eclipse before the horizon of the Judean desert and thus rose blood red the evening of April 3rd as Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea took the body of Jesus down from the tree and placed it in a tomb. 
Well, you can investigate that online and people debate all about that. You can make of that what you will. I'm just saying maybe all of us pirates who love nothing really did capture the moon. Maybe all of us religious, rich, young rulers finally did nail him down. Maybe God allowed the children of Eve to hang the moon on a tree. But maybe it was a decision from the foundation of the world. I mean, maybe it was an ambush, an ambush of glory and grace. Maybe we captured the moon because from the foundation of the world, sun and moon chose to capture us. Maybe God allowed us to take his life on the tree for from the foundation of the world, he chose to forgive his life on the tree. Maybe we took the good for God chose to forgive the good so that we would fall in love with the good, be captured by the good, smitten by the good, and God is good. God is love and God is free. In other words, we were predestined to live to the praise of his glorious grace, predestined. Predestined to good choices made in freedom, predestined to love, predestined to be made in the image of God. Maybe we were predestined and he accomplishes all things according to the counsel of his will. So he creates pirates that try to capture the moon so that the moon can capture those pirates, so that those pirates will dance forever in the light of his love. John 12, 32, and when I am lifted up from the earth on the tree, I will romance, I will draw all people unto myself. At the cross, it happened once for all. Yet all happens for once. I mean, the cross, remember Flatland? The cross stands at the boundary of, of time and, and eternity. Uh, so it happened once and it happens all the time from the foundation of the world. In other words, you are surrounded by the good. In him we live and move and have our being. You're surrounded by the good. The kingdom of heaven really is at hand. You are surrounded by the good and God is good and you can try to capture the good. In fact, you do it all the time. Or it may capture you. He may capture you at the end of time and the beginning of eternal time, eternal life. To try and, and capture the good is sin and bondage. To be captured by the good is grace and life and love. Every week we come to this place and confess our sin and receive his grace. We confess our bad choices and believe his good choice. We confess that we've tried to capture the moon and we watch as the moon captures us. That's called worship. Worship is staring at the moon. Worship is howling at the moon. Worship is dancing in the light of the moon. It's getting moonstruck. And Paul, Paul sure seems to say that one great and glorious day, everyone, everyone will be moonstruck. 
and everyone will live to the praise of his glorious grace. You can even read about it, Revelation chapter five, a picture of it. Romans eight, Paul, Paul writes, he, he subjected all creation to futility. Romans 11, he consigned all men to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. Romans 13, follow the Romans road. As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise to God. You know, a savior is glorified in saving people. When I was a lifeguard, I was not glorified by saving some of the people in the pool, but saving all the people in the pool. And so the more people a savior saves, the more he is glorified. That's how he's glorified. And yet, you know, in, in recent years, I've just been bewildered and dismayed, and, and you know this, dismayed by, by Christians that seem almost irrationally, unthinkingly, unbiblically opposed to the idea that God in Christ Jesus might just save all, redeem all, give all a good free will so that all would dance to the praise of his glorious grace. Offended at that. Why is that? I mean, I've argued all the texts, worked all the logic, and then I just go, well, why is that? What's the problem here? And I was thinking about that. I mean, ask yourself, how many pirates can capture the moon and take it to their island? <laughs> well, really only one. That's why pirates don't get along with each other. That's why they have their own island. Only one pirate can capture the moon. But how many pirates can be captured by the moon? How many pirates can dance under the light of the moon? Well, every pirate on the face of the earth, right? And so why are we so offended at grace? Maybe. We're still pirates trying to capture the moon, trying to capture the kingdom with good deeds and responsible choices. Maybe we're still pirates trying to capture the moon because we don't know the moon. <laughs> and so what do we need? We need to spend more time staring at the moon. on the night that he was betrayed by us. By the way, I think that probably was April 3rd, the start of April 3rd, 33 AD. The faithful witness took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given to you. Take it and eat it. And, and in the same manner, after the supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the covenant in my blood. Pour it out for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, all of you. It's the faithful witness. And he calls you to follow him, to come to his table, he invites you to tear off a piece of the bread, the body, and dip it in the cup and, and stare at the moon. Stare at the glory of God. Ingest the glory of God and let the moon shine through you. In Jesus' name, believe the gospel and worship. Well, you know, that's Bruce.
who wanted to be almighty. And so God let him take a crack at it and he captured the moon and he created hell on earth. Remember, tidal waves, it messed up the earth's like rotation, troubles in East Asia, all sorts of things. Uh, he captured the moon, but at the end of the movie, the moon captured him. Remember, there's this great scene where he's on the roof at his girlfriend's house, the moon is overhead, and, and he watches her because uh, he's hurt her, and, and he watches her bleed for him. You see, Bruce tried to capture love, and in the end, love captured him, and her name was Grace. You have been destined and appointed to live to the praise of God's glorious grace. So if you wanna know if you have a good free will or if you made a good free choice, you, you can just ask yourself this question. Who gets the glory for my choice? And be careful, because if you answer, hey, <laughs> I just made a choice and God got the glory for it. I'm pretty great for making that choice. <laughs> well then you see God's not getting the glory and you're no longer free. And maybe that's best why it's not to ask yourself that question. I mean maybe that's why it's best not to judge yourself. Paul even says that, I don't even judge myself. Maybe it's best not to judge yourself. Maybe it's best to just stare at the moon. You know, that's what, that's what lovers do. They just stare at each other and give glory away. Oh, you're so wonderful. No, you're wonderful. I think you're awesome. No, you're more awesome. Or you're, you're the most awesomest thing ever. I mean, it's just kind of sick, you know. <laughs> it's nutty. It's, it's loony. Loony because they're moonstruck. We are to be the people on the dark side of the earth uh, that are moonstruck, to see the glory of God shining in the face of Christ and dance in the middle of the night. And so uh, next week, in fact, we're having a service that really just focuses on that, that we're all to do that, called the altar service. And today we're starting something a little bit different. Um, the benediction will kind of be a transition. And uh, if you want to hang out and talk with people, that's awesome. I mean, that even, that's worship too. We, we just invite you to go downstairs and eat donuts and drink coffee while you do it, okay? And uh, if you'd like prayer, members of the prayer team will be down front here. They've been down front all along, Mondo and Kathleen, and they would love to pray with you. And uh, we invite you, if you'd like, just to stay and stare at the moon. In other words, uh, Michael and the band are gonna play one more song, and then Michael's just gonna keep worshiping, and, and it's not like a test of your spirituality, so if you wanna go, that's fine, but if you wanna stay, if you wanna stay for just a little while and stare at the moon, worship Jesus, we invite you to do that. I mean, it helps me at the end of preaching because I feel so self-conscious and I need to just look at him a while, but uh, whatever the case. Okay, so, but are you clear on that? When, when I finish this little thing I'm doing right now, um, it would be best if you see people during the first, that's great, but just go outside and go downstairs. But if you want to stay and just be moonstruck, we invite you uh, to do so. But wherever you go, whatever you do, in the name of Jesus, may you always be moonstruck. Amen.